Our May leaderboard for average revenue per member was lit. We had gyms from $340 to $522 US on there. Brian Bott of Aspire Fitness made that list and he's here to tell you exactly how he did it. Teaser, Brian's business is not your run-of-the-mill micro gym, so keep listening to find out all about it. Before we get to Brian, do me a favor, hit subscribe. If you're listening to a podcast, I'd also love a five-star review that would really help us reach more people just like you. If you're on YouTube, please ring that notifications bell and subscribe. Don't do it for me, do it for Chris Cooper. He's here with tips, tactics, and actionable advice. Every week, it's going to help you grow your gym. Now, Brian, welcome. You're all the way in New Jersey. How's Jersey doing today? Jersey, the weather is beautiful for now. I've only been there once and it was the airport, but I visited many times in my mind through the music of Bon Jovi. So I appreciate, uh, I appreciate the great sting. <laughs> that's a, that's a better representation. Yeah. There you go. I appreciate it. So we're going to dig in here and you had average revenue per member last month of $426, which is huge. And you're doing it. We dug a little bit into some of the background. You're doing it in a very different way. So I'm going to just ask you a bunch of questions to help gym owners get some ideas. Sound good? Shoot. All right, here we go. Tell me about your business model. Like I'm looking for the pillars of your business. Like how many clients are you looking for? What are your main offerings? What is the structure that you've got going on over there in your two locations? Okay, so so I'll kind of unpack each of those. Um, our main, we have, we have three main service offerings. Um, we have private one-on-one sessions which most people are familiar with. We have group classes and then we have semi-private training. The semi-private training makes up for about over 80, 85% of our business. A majority of our clients are doing uh, semi-private. Um, so we that's kind of how we've always done it. That's what we've always kind of specialized in doing. And that's what we tend to focus on. And it kind of fits well for the demographic of people that we work with um, in this area of New Jersey. Um, in terms of number of members, uh, Chris's article of, of 150 hits it right on the head. We've had more, we've had less. We find that 150 is kind of the manageable number, um, specifically with in, in terms of capping it out with semi-private because then you run out of spaces, you, you run out of slots, people can't necessarily book when it's most convenient for them. Um, and then you have to kind of start focusing on, all right, now I have to start filling up group classes because it's the only times that I have available. But for us, 150, um, both of our facilities are around 3,000 square feet. Um, if we had more space, we could probably do more than 150, but for that size facility, 150 has been the number. Okay. So 150 people. And do you have like your average revenue is about 426. So that's, that's mm -hmm. stellar, right? So there's a lot of people out there like, ah, it, it's impossible. You can't make a living on 150 clients. You're showing that it actually works. So you're doing a very nice job of it. I want to know more because we've got group training. Uh, let me ask you this, your group classes, your general ones, are they like large in that seven to 12 kind of range or what, what, what's the number in there? Yep. So, I mean, in terms of like how we would define it, it's anytime there's going to be more than four. Um, okay. But yeah, they tend to be in that seven to 12 range. Sometimes okay, on so our weekend classes, like a Saturday morning might have 15, 20, but okay. in general, the ones during the week float around that number. So that's, we'll call that the standard group training model where you've got classes of seven to 20, usually in that smaller seven to 12 range that Chris Cooper has talked about is really good for retention, but you get some bubbles where you get some big groups, but the, and then we all know what personal one-on-one you know, -on -one training is. Now I'm really curious about the semi-private because this is something that we don't hear about unless we're in a hospital most of the time. So tell me about this. So, uh, so semi-private, and I think it's important to start with how we do it because a lot of the, a lot of the questions that we get really seem to stem from not understanding what the difference between semi-private and small group is. 
Mm-hmm. So small group, you could still do semi-private for us is anywhere between two and four clients per coach. Um, you could call that small group if you want, but the differentiation that we make is that semi-private. And the reason that we keep the word private in there is that everybody is still on an individual program. So uh, that's a coach, big one. Yeah, that's a big one. I'm just going to yeah. lay that out for people. That's like, instead of everyone coming in and doing like the workout of the day in a smaller group, you're actually individualizing the programs for these people and delivering it in a semi-private format. Correct. And all that work and stuff is done ahead of time. So that's a big what, we deal. Would differ, what we would differentiate between small group would be like, Hey, here's the workout that we're coaching everybody that does small group through today. If someone's got a shoulder issue, cool, we'll change it. But it's not documented somewhere. What is you know what is Mike's program for for uh, his his workout? So, and in a semi-private environment, I could have somebody doing um, you know I could have an advanced client doing heavy deadlifts and weighted chin-ups, and I can have someone who's maybe doing their it's their first day, and their program has a kettlebell deadlift and an incline push-up. Right. I'm okay. just kind of at that point. I'm standing back and coaching them at the same time. Um, not necessarily saying here's the workout guys, and I'm going to modify it for you as we go. We would label that small group, which is something that we don't do. We either do large group or, or semi-private. Okay. So that's a key definition because you often think about, uh, group training as personal training in a group environment, but it really isn't right in, in a large group of seven to 12 or 20 people, you're contacting each client as you go around the room, maybe like, I don't know, 60 seconds, two minutes kind of thing. Like you're not spending a ton of time with them. You're leading the group and you are giving people personal attention, but it's divided in many ways. And it's, there's, it's much lower level in this small group setting where you're talking two to four people or semi-private, pardon me, two to four people, you're able to then devote a large amount of attention to each client and actually help them through individualized programming in that format. And I'm guessing this works very, very well for a skilled coach. Is that correct? Yep. And the last part is what you hit on the head. It's not easier, right? It, yeah. it, it, like I would say it's better. That doesn't mean it's easier. It'd be much easier to have four people come in and I'm just modifying it kind of on the fly. But it, what's better for the, or at least what we believe is better for the client is if they have something that's individualized for them, right? Because if you, if you go back to why most people at some point would choose one-on-one training, if you ask them what they liked about it, it's usually not like, well, I'd like to talk to Brian for an hour, right? They like that there's something, well, I know that it's, it's personalized for me. I know that you know, these things are being tracked and the program's appropriate and the coach knows me. All those variables we can still keep the same in a semi-private environment. It just makes the schedule infinitely easier. Um, it makes it easier on the client to schedule. It's more profitable once you once you grow it to that point. Um, so we just find it to be a much better system. We do still offer one-on-one. There are some people that are insistent that they want to do one-on-one or may, perhaps maybe they just got like, um, discharged from physical therapy or something where we really think they should have some more eyes on them or they have a specific skill that they want to work on with a coach for one thing. But like I said, over like 80, 85% of our membership is, is semi-private. Wow. Okay. So that you actually answered the question I was going to ask you. So 85% works in these small groups of two to four. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Now give me some idea about how many times a week people like that would train and what kind of rates are they paying for something like that? So if you, if you were to go through, um, we have memberships where people uh, our memberships include up to a certain amount of sessions per week. So uh, we have memberships that are up to once a week, up to two or three, right? Okay. Most of our sweet spots. So if you were to take like the 80% of that 80% are probably are doing twice a week. So they'll do okay. two coach sessions a week with uh, a coach and they will supplement that with classes. So we do it as a tier. So if you, uh-huh. if you're a semi-private training member, 
yeah, like our conditioning classes are included for you. Um, and, and all the way down. So same thing, if you were a private training membership, that would include your classes as well. So most of our members will do the two semi-private training sessions a week with a coach. Most of our clients will have a program that is a day A and a day B, and they'll rotate back and forth between those workouts. Um, a majority of our clients are look better, feel better clients. So they're usually doing full body workouts. So Monday they'll do day A with their coach. Tuesday, maybe they'll jump in a conditioning class. Wednesday will be an off recovery day. Thursday, they'll come in with a coach and do their day B strength program. And then maybe Friday, they do class again, which is a conditioning class. Um, it's also important to note that any of those memberships include open access to facility. Um, but it's open access if you're following the programming that we wrote out for you. So it's not open access <laughs> and you just come in and like, hey, I'm going to do some of these today. I mean, listen, if someone was with us for three years and they were like, hey, Brian, I just want to get a quick 20 minute. I'm just going to do a couple of things. Fine. Right. But we don't market that as what we're doing because we're still going to use a a prescription approach. Right. Like if someone comes in and is like, hey, listen, I I would like to lose 50 pounds. I'm I'm just making something up. Uh, I can't in good faith be like, well, maybe perhaps you can only afford one semi-private session per week and then best of luck on the rest of the days on your own. Right. There's, there's levels, right. For, you know, they can, they can do that with a coach and then come in and follow their program on their own on the other days during the week. Um, so we, we can get creative with how they use those sessions. Um, but predominantly that's, that's how, what that looks like. Okay. So like when you said, no, go ahead. Oh, sorry. I forgot about the pricing. Yeah. Um, so that ranges for, for one semi-private session per week, which is really, we, we put it as one per week because when I'm, when I'm going through a, a no sweat intro with someone that makes sense in their mind, but it's really five sessions a month. Cause we'll have some clients that when they get a new program, they'll book out five sessions, three, the first week two the second week. Cool. I understand what I'm doing. I'll do the rest of the month on my own. Um, and then we have other clients who like that schedule and they book reoccurrings Tuesday and Thursday at 9am. Right. And it's just, they'll change them if they need them. Um, and then twice a week, I believe right now is, is three ninety nine. And, and three times a week would be four ninety nine, So it just kind of scales straight up from there. How does that rate, uh, is that rate different from what it would be for personal training? Yes. Oh, for one-on-one. Yeah. Yeah. The way, the way that we usually recommend if someone's getting started with semi-private training is a, it, it's a lot harder than it sounds, right? If you're used to one-on-one training and then you go, okay, now I got four people and they're all on different programs. And they all have different weights that I'm trying to keep track of. That can be overwhelming. Right now we do four, but we only switched to four within the last like year and a half. We, for a while there, it was one to three per coach. Mm-hmm. So what we usually recommend is term, in terms of setting the price is just double your, double your one-on-one rate and then divide it by the number of people that you're, because the goal would be to, Hey, I want to make twice as much as I'm making per hour. Right. So just double it and then divide by at the time we were using three. Um, and that's how we got that rate. And then we just multiplied it out by the, the number of times per week. And that, that became our monthly rates. Yeah. And that, that's really interesting because, you know, just as a point for listeners, this is not the model of group training where you just, you know, it's, it was described in in CrossFit originally, and a lot of people don't know this, but you know, Greg Glassman would train people one-on-one and then he started adding more people to his plan and 
giving them a rate reduction from personal sessions, but he was still making more per hour. That's not this. It's similar, but the difference is that you have personalized programming for these people. So you could have, like you said, maybe someone's out and he's a marathon guy and he's doing 400 meter interval re, you know, intervals on the street mm-hmm. or something. And he's coming in, you're checking his time. And then you've got another guy or a girl who's doing like powerlifting type stuff, deadlifts because sure. they want to get stronger, build the glutes or whatever. So you, that, yep. that kind of stuff would happen in your sessions, correct? Absolutely. Yeah. And that, and that's yeah. kind of the reason for it is that if I have someone who, who maybe is uh, more thin than they would like to be, and they want to put on muscle, well, their program is going to look a little bit different in terms of volume and set and things like that, that they need to use as opposed to um, someone who just had their second kid and is looking to get back in shape, right? It, like their, their programs are going to look distinctly different, but I can still coach you both at the same time. Right. So that, yeah, exactly. But it takes a skilled coach. You've got to have someone who understands this person maybe is on this exact plan, like the post-pregnancy plan, and she needs maybe a more caring delivery. Whereas this person over here is on a strength training plan, might need a little bit of yelling and a different Mm -hmm. style of encouragement. So this coach has to have all this stuff upstairs in the head, not just the workout today is Fran. And I'm just going to modify it for each of these people. There's a very, it's like four different train tracks running those classes, I'm guessing. Yeah. And you brought up a good point that I didn't even necessarily consider, but it's addressing the different personalities in in that group as well, right? You might have two people that love to train together and love to get after it. And you can kind of push them and be a little bit motivating. And then you might have someone who's a little bit more introverted and reserved that you can kind of kneel down next to and be like, Hey, listen, these are the next two things that we got. We're going to work on the, and do it in a more, in a more deliberate coaching uh, you know, way I'm not going to, you know, yell at that woman who might be kind of intimidated by that. But, uh, the good thing is that everybody, everybody in the gym knows that that's like, it's not a surprise to anybody, right? Like it's not, you know, that when they come in and they do their no sweat intro, we're always recommending semi-private unless they have X, Y, or X, Y, or Z, um, you know, issue that might require it or they really insist upon it. Uh, when you mentioned open gym or clients coming in to do, do their own thing, I got a little squeezy in my stomach because that was the thing that almost ruined me was uh, people coming in. The problem that I had was one that you solved and you told me what it was, is that they're only doing the programming that you assigned for them. Because what I had was an open gym where people would come in and the intention was for them to make up workouts from earlier in the week or work on some things that they wanted to, like double unders or snatches or muscle ups. What inevitably happened though was outside competition programming started dropping Mm. in and all of a sudden I've got four different people doing some other programming from some other coach in some other country and it ruined the atmosphere and the vibe and it was not what I was selling it actually devalued my service so I'm really glad that you made that distinction there where you're coaching yeah I would certainly make sure that because people will ask when they when they join and do the 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 intros as well oh can I come on the other days and just do whatever I want and I say the way I answered is like, look, you're investing, you're paying us $500 a month for coaching, like, and you want a specific result. So like, rather than doing random things, let's, let's for a specific result, let's have a specific plan and let's follow this. Yes. If there's, if you want, if you say, Hey, Brian, I, I would like to incorporate more of these things, then that's my job as a coach, right. To, to make the program something that you want to do right. Within reason. Um, but in general, like if you want, if you want to, you know, guys want to throw more arm stuff at the end, women want to train, do more glute and ab stuff. Like it's typical stuff. And, and you'll get better at knowing that and doing the programming because we update those programs every four weeks, right? Every, okay. If someone's coming in and training three times a week, not necessarily with a coach, but if they're doing their workout three times a week, it gets updated every four weeks. And we'll just touch base. Like, Hey, what'd you like? What didn't you like? 
you know, no, everyone doesn't like rear foot elevated split squats. Like we don't let them just take whatever they want out, but like in general, like we can, we can figure out, Hey, you know, are we coloring within the lines, right? They might want to use a different color, but we're going to stay within these lines, uh, to make sure that we're, we're all on the same page. Uh, that is a great analogy. I'm going to dig into how you find these clients and onboard them, but I got to ask you a question first that relates to what all of the things you're talking about. How do you train coaches and staff members to deliver this? Because you can't just have your, like, I would not have been able to deliver this when I was a very new coach. And I should have probably started with one-on-one training, which would be much easier. I started with groups and they grew into large groups. And I found that very tough. Eventually I got better at it, but four personal training tracks in one session is a challenge for coach. So how do you develop these people and make sure they're delivering to your standards? Well, that the, you just go in the opposite, right? So our, our newest coaches will, cause you would think you would think from a, um, in a traditional standpoint, like, Oh, the best coaches are going to do the one-on-one clients. And it's like, actually our newest coaches can focus on the one-on-one clients because all they have to watch this person do is a front squat and that's mm-hmm. it. And they have to stand right there, count to eight or 10, you know, give a couple cues, and, and then move on, run the timer and make sure that they're getting a great workout. There's not, they don't know, they don't have to learn how to position themselves. So if I have someone deadlifting and someone else is just, I'm just using overly simple examples. If I have someone doing hang snatches and then someone over there is just doing a goblet squat, I'm probably going to stand next to the person that's doing hang snatches and keep my eye on the person who's goblet squatting in the background rather than the reverse, right? So whatever the most coaching technical thing is I'm going to kind of keep myself centered near that and then coach outward from there. But you have to have the progressions and regressions nailed down and, and all agreed upon before you start. Right. Because what happens if not, it's just like use an example. When we first bought this other gym, they only had dumbbells up to a certain weight before we got in and started kind of revamping things. So it's like, all right, what's the next exercise? Once someone can goblet squat the 75 for 10 reps. If, if Mike does overhead squats, but Brian does front squats, then we're, we're delivering a different experience to every client, right? So it's important to know. Um, I, I actually wasn't familiar with the level method until I was out at the, um, the conference uh, a month ago. But we, we kind of have like our own like, hey, once you do this, then you progress to that. Once you can deadlift this kettlebell for 15 reps, we move you to a trap bar. Once you can do that, if you have the prerequisites, you go to a straight bar. And we kind of just progress on that way. But this way, you know, like, hey, hey, Mike, was that easy? Cool. All right. For the next one, I need you to grab X or and then, you know, for the next phase where you can kind of progress. But this way you have all those progressions and regressions agreed upon between the staff and they're all they're all trained up on them so that whether, you know, Susie comes in and trains with you at 8 p.m. or she trains with me at 6 a.m., her programs are programmed. It's not like, oh, I went with Mike and he totally changed the whole program, like. Our, our coaches are allowed, they're allowed, they're allowed to regress and pro and, and progress it as long as those things were met, right? Because sometimes you might program something for a client and have the best of intentions and maybe it still wasn't the greatest choice. Our coach is always allowed to be like, Hey, let's go back to this one for now. Um, but they don't move it forward unless we, we check those boxes first. So that's, that's the biggest one is having those things nailed down. But what I'm hearing here is is systems, systems, documentation, training plans. And I'm guessing that your coaches have a training plan. You hinted at it there where they start with one-on-one, mm-hmm. but you obviously have a staff print training system in place. Am I right? Uh, yes, we do. We do weekly yeah. meetings. And then if we, ha- when we, when we onboard a, no- uh, a new coach, it's a little bit more intensive where they're kind of going to go through, uh, they spend their first couple of weeks really just assisting whoever the head coach in that location is. 
So if Sean's our head coach in, in Rumson, uh, when we when the plan is to bring on a new coach, they have separate um, times where it's actual instruction. Like I'll, I'll usually lead those, but then another few hours during their, their onboarding time is just spent on the floor with a coach because you have it. It's teaching someone how to coach someone in a goblet squat is relatively easy, right? I, you know, we, we can teach that, but Hey, how does, when you have four members and they all have four different exercises, where to put them in the gym, how to set it up and how to have it all ready and how to, because on one-on-one, you're used to like, how can I deliver great service? And sometimes great service becomes, I'll grab your dumbbells for you. I'll lay the towel out for you. And don't worry, I'll set the bench up. And with four people, you you can't do that. It has to be, hey, Mike, you got your next set. We got goblet squat and dumbbell incline, all right? So I'm going to put you right here, grab the 55s. I'm going to set John up and then I'll come back and we'll get rolling. And it has to be, it has to be like, because if you try to like, you're going to bring all the stuff over you're just going to be running around for an hour. It really has to be stressed. And the clients, it, it, it's on, the, it's on the, um, the sales, whoever does the sales as well, to make sure that's clearly communicated. Um, because if, that's, if, if someone's used to training a one-on-one, that's the person that like, is standing there with their program like this, just waiting for like, all right, well, uh, where's my coach? Like, like, so as the coach gets better, not necessarily with, the, with technique, with cueing, all that other stuff, it adds another element of knowing like it's a performance, right? Like, Hey, how did you, how did that go? Right? Like, um, I got no, no doubts in your ability to coach, you know, this exercise, but you know, you kind of forgot about Mike over there because you were doing, you, you were doing such a good job coaching this person, you know, and all that stuff. It takes time. If you're, if you're going to transition right from one-on-one to semi-private, my best advice would be to start with only three, uh, per coach. And just know that you're going to stink at it in the beginning. <laughs> and it's like anything else. It's a new skill. It, like I said, it, it's better, but it's not easier. Okay. I mean, I could talk to you about coach development all day, but I'll stop myself because I want to get into marketing. Mm-hmm. The one thing I'll ask you is how many coaches do you have full-time and part-time? Uh, total or like you want to do it like per gym? Ah, you, whatever's easiest for you to break down. Yeah. So we have one, two, three, four, five, six. Currently I have eight coaches spread okay. basically equally all- between. Yeah. And full, all full-time. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's great. So you basically have career coaches who are high. I'm guessing they're highly skilled. If they can deliver this style of programming, they're quite good. We do. Yeah. Yes. Our, our head coach in Colts neck where I'm in the office that I'm sitting in now has been with us for five years. And okay. our so head, we're talking careers. Yeah. Our, our head coach in Rumson has, has been coaching with me before I owned the business. So uh, these are people that we, you know, they get, I guess where we're going with this is they still get 44%. So you can do the math. If, if we're getting $50 per semi-private session and they got four of them, it's a pretty good hour for them at 44%. Okay. So guys, we're, we're not going to dig into that because that is a whole, the four nines model is, yeah. a, is an incredibly powerful thing. I'm just going to direct you. We're going to put a link in the show notes to something that you can get into that. Basically what it is, is what Brian said. of a fee goes to the coach, 33% is profit for the gym, 22% goes to cover fixed costs. And if you do that in this model that Brian's talking about, your coaches can make significant hourly wages that then mean they don't have to coach 40 hours per week like a zombie. They can make a good salary working less and providing better service. So I am going to put a link in there so you guys can check that out if it's interesting to you. And I recommend that you do. But Brian, I'm not going to make uh, everyone listen to me, you know, go through fractions here for you. I need to know about 
onboarding. How do you bring, you didn't mention this already. So you're bringing clients into the business. Mm-hmm. Talk to me about how you do that so that they're, 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 you know, they're set up for success and they understand how semi-private training works and all that. And then I also want to know about what are you doing in terms of length of membership commitments and so forth. All right. So let's start with, with onboarding. We, we follow, you know, we do, a, we do a no sweat intro, right? So okay. um, we, we, they, most of our leads will come from referral or from our website. Um, and they, they booked that session initially with, uh, myself or one of the other coaches. Um, and we sit with down with them and we just kind of, the first question we always ask is how can I help? You know, and, and that's wow. where, and that's where we start. Like that's, that's the pitch is how can I help? Right. And we just try to listen and figure out what their needs are and where they're at. Um, we'll do, we, we have an embody. So we do an initial body, you know, like most people, they're looking to lose a little fat, build a little muscle, feel better. Right. So we, we start with trying to figure out where they're at now, uh, help them see what a realistic time frame or plan would kind of look like. Um, we'll do a movement screening with them to see where they're at. So we have a good idea because that, that first program uh, is going to be designed by whoever did the initial like strategy session, right? We use different language, but we call it a strategy session. So, um, but same thing. So uh, whoever does that first one is going to be responsible with designing their first program um, and making sure that they're, they're, they're in the right spot. Right. So if we go through a movement screening and you know, their knees are hurting with certain things, then obviously we're going to admit, omit certain exercises or put certain mobility drills in and try to really make sure that that first workout when they come in, like, okay, this is, this is for me. Right. Like I, I, I because if it's, if, if you have a generic, like, and we have a template that will adjust, Right. But if someone mentioned that in their first session and then the coach that because the coach that does their first session with them doesn't seem to be aware of that, it, it doesn't really sell what you're kind of talking about in the beginning. Right. It's a uh, it's like, um, it, it, have you read the book? Um, Never lose a customer again. No. And it's yeah. on my reading list because Chris Cooper talks about it all yeah, the time. So, so he, that's a good example, right? He like, he fills out all the information. And then when he gets to the office, it's already filled out. The, the receptionist knows. And he's like, wow, this place is like good. Right. So their, mm-hmm. their initial program is going to, Hey, say uh, Mike has some left knee pain, right shoulder surgery four years ago. And then this way the coach can kind of communicate in the beginning. Hey, you know, we're going to take it a little bit easier with the shoulder today, see how that feels. Uh, and I'm going to show you some foam rolling and stuff that I want you to do before your workouts. That's going to help maybe take some pressure off your knee. Right. And so the coach that's delivering this program might not be the one that created it. Correct. Yeah. Because. Okay. So listeners systems, you got to just remember that what Brian is talking about here is concise systems that ensure communication within the business to deliver a one customer service. If you don't have that, this will not work. Right. Keep because, going, Brian. The, because, because the idea would be this, maybe, maybe someone wants to do their strategy session when they get off at work at 6 PM with me, but then they're like, Hey, you know, the best time for me to train is really 6 AM and I'm not here at 6 AM. All right. Well, that's the whole point of the system, right? The whole point of the the way that the semi-private training and having the coaches that are employees and work together, um, is it doesn't matter, right? Like, okay, cool. So you'll be with Mike Tuesday morning and you'll be with Sean on Thursday morning because Mike doesn't work Tuesday morning. And, and, wow, and, and you've solved the icon problem here too, where not everyone wants, so you're, you're right. Like, it's not just, I have to work with Brian. You've got these amazing coaches and no one is attached to that. That's just, that's brilliant. You've solved a huge problem right there. Yeah. It's, it's worked really well for us and, and clients like it, right? Like, uh, and we'll try to rotate every once in a, a while to kind of keep it fresh because just like any other relationship, right? Like you coaching the same person for a year, two years, you kind of like, 
Uh, Mike's knee kind of always just goes in a little bit like that when he squat. Yeah, you know, or like you just kind of mm-hmm. you get that kind of comfortability, and it's good because like, I'm going I'm, go I'm gonna jump in there. I just have to give you this. Like the other thing that you've solved from like a, a management perspective is that if a staff member leaves, it's no big deal because you have solved that problem. Yep. The relationship is with the brand and the training system and the coaching rather than just with that one person. So sorry to interrupt, but that is a huge thing that we struggle with in the micro gym industry. And you've got a plan there. So well done. No, absolutely. That, that's a, that's a huge part of it because, you know, I, we, part of my goal with, with, with Aspire Fitness was having career coaches and having people that could, could coach for a living and not feel like, well, that means I must be here from five thirty in the morning till eight o'clock at night. Ugh. Or, or there's no way that I can, I can make it right. Um, and, you know, so we want our coaches to take vacations, right? We want our coaches to, um, do these things. And if I'm on vacation for a week or what for, or if a coach is on a vacation for a week, like people shouldn't miss their workouts. They just come in, whoever's covering the shift and they're not doing something different. They're not like, Oh, well, Oh, I really liked when Mike took over the, the program for that week. And it's like, no, like, if you had if you had bench press and kettlebell swings, that's what you're doing today because that's what the program says and that's where we're going. Um, so it makes that uh, a lot easier. But yes, to back to, to circle back to where we started there, the initial for the person who does the initial set, um, meeting might not be their coach. They might not ever coach them. They might just be the person that met them and got them started, and that happens to be what uh, their schedule allowed. Such a big deal. What you've got here is it's it's. You have created relations with your clients to your brand and your coaching service, not to certain people. And that's just such a big deal. And it's much the same as I won't use like the McDonald's analogy. It's like a steakhouse where you have this this meal that is going to be delivered by any server. And that what that allows you to do is really you know make your business anti-fragile, where if, if you had a coach leave, it's unlikely that coach is going to take 60 of your members in the cult of personality down the street. And it also allows, and this is huge, is holidays, downtime new coaches, fresh faces, all that stuff that keeps training fresh. So this is like listeners, if if you've got a situation where your, you know, your, tra- your client can only train with you, you might want to look at trying to develop something like this, because if that's the case, you can never take holidays unless you want to make less, right? Because they're not going to train when you're gone. So this is a, that don't misunderstand how important this one is, Brian. And you do it and you do it just how you describe in a step-by-step process is like, Hey, um, I want, we want to try doing the semi-private thing. We're going to do it for a period of time. Let's see. I, we've never had anybody. Uh, I, I want, want to say ever. I'm, I'm sure I could be wrong, but we've never had anyone who was a little bit unsure do semi-private and then be like, nah, that sucked. Like, like I don't want to do that. Like they either knew that right from the beginning and wouldn't ever even agree to do it. They were just like, I just want to do one-on-one. I'm happy to pay the premium for it, which is awesome. We're thankful to have that too. But anybody was like, all right, you know what? I'll give it a shot. Like as long as they come in and they know what the expectations are, um, you know, that's fine. And we will, we will try if let's say it's someone who's never worked out before and they're just getting started. We will, you know, it's our, it's our general manager's job. She knows like, Hey, don't put that person at 9am when there's 12 other people training. If, if they can't, if that's the only time that they do, well, then we got to up our game. That's on us. It's not on them, but we'll say like, Hey, listen, for your first couple Mike actually doesn't have anybody at, at 11. Is there any way you can slide back and maybe do that a little bit later? We'd like to get your first couple when it's not as busy. And most people, we don't charge them extra for it. Like it, the coach doesn't mind because if they didn't have anybody, now they're getting paid more, right? So it's a it's a win. It's it, it's one of the few things that's actually a win-win. They're getting a more private session, at least to learn in the beginning. 
And then after they've been through it, we, they can, their, the training wheels come off and they're good to go. So you have a client journey, obviously you have a plan for integrating clients right from the get go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, like, yeah. because it, it, the sooner that they can get used to it, uh, the better because they, they'll, they'll get used to, they have their program in their hand and then you almost like have to interject sometimes. They're like, no, I got it. I'm setting it up. And you're like, all right, cool. Like, thanks. Yeah. And uh, And what I need is I need a gong here and I need to hit it every time you say something that indicates you have a system and a structure built that governs everything that happens at your gym. Because most listeners, myself included back in the day, I would not have had that. Yeah. uh, It's uh, in terms of training stuff that that would be that that's how we roll with that. And uh, I think your other question was, what do we do with like with actual memberships? Yeah, what are your terms and conditions, not terms and conditions, but what are your membership terms and options and so forth? Like we're talking monthly, weekly, that kind of thing. Um, we do we do both. Well, we don't do weekly, but we either do annual um, or okay. month to month. Um, okay, these and, are the, tell yeah. me more about that. And to do month to month, it's a three month minimum. So you have to do three months and then it can transition to month to month. Um, for anybody who's nervous about doing that, I've actually found the better closing rate with that because then it shows you're serious. If I'll let you just do it for a month and then stop for a month and then do it like, and your goal is to like get your life back in order. Then as a Please. coach, I'm not prescribing what I actually, I'm just taking your money and and not actually giving you something that I think would work. So I'd never have a problem looking at someone during a session and we'll make exceptions. If they're like, Hey, I'm moving for Rome in three weeks. All right. Well, you don't have to be like, Oh, you can't join. Like, you just write it and you document it out. Like, but in general, we're saying, Hey, listen, if your goal is lose 30 pounds at a minimum, we got to, we got to be at this for three months. Right. Like, and they're like, no, I totally understand. So well, if, if you're, un- if you're unsure about getting started for a year, we can get you signed up for a month to month. And we'll, at three months, you can kind of decide if you want to switch over to an annual or let it run month to month. And most and that's people brilliant have no because problem. you can't get results. Yeah. You can't get results. Like my wife does the same thing in her nutrition business. Three months is the minimum required to get, like you can get okay results in a month, but like, it's not, it's not anywhere near what it should be. Three months is a reasonable timeline for someone to actually see progress. And that's going to be part of a retention strategy where you can actually sure. show them progress. Whereas after a week it's or a month, it's like, I didn't lose any weight. It's like, you're not going to lose 20 pounds in a month. It's not going to happen. Yeah. And if you think about it, like when, like a lot of, that's why we got rid of doing like 21 day type, um, like kickstart type programs Mm -hmm. in lieu of this. Um, because if you think about it, like if you're, if you're not working out and training, like, what do you feel like after three weeks worth of training, you feel like crap, like you're like, you're sore, (laughs) like you're not eating your favorite foods anymore. And you're like, it sucks. And you're like, so you want to join for a year? Like, and it's like, it's like precisely at the worst time that you could like, this person's tired. Like they haven't really adjusted yet for the most part. Right. Like they're sore from their workouts. They're still not used to like cleaning up the nutrition. So, and then you're like, this is great. Right. It's not like when you buy a new car and like smells good and you're driving fast and like, you're like, oh, this was definitely worth it. Like, it's like the opposite with fitness. Like it's like the feedback loop is, is so in reverse and there's not that instant gratification of like, I made the right decision in purchasing this. So we totally get if, if someone doesn't want to just walk in sight unseen and sign up for a year, uh, more people sign up annually than they do for month to month, but we have that option. And then it's very easy, um, to backtrack if that's the main concern. If we, if we, if we make our prescription, like, Hey, listen, let's get you started with twice a week. We do annual agreements. Mm, You know, what? I'm not really sure with annual perfect. Like we have this month to month option. It's a little bit more expensive. Um, but this way you can kind of give it a shot 
And listen, if after your first month you're you're hooked and you want to switch, you you can switch it over and we'll get you started with an annual. So this way you don't feel like you have to run out these three months before switching. Well, annual is obviously the best thing because you're getting a year of a client's commitment, but you can also downsell. I use the word downsell, but it's not really a downsell in the sense that it's a, a lesser thing. You're offering them a different option for a three-month commitment and then month to month, but it costs more. So that's a key thing that people should look at. Give me a few details on the annual commitment. Like, first of all, how many people, what's your ratio of people on annual versus month to month? Would you have an idea? Oh, uh, it'd be like over 90% are on annuals. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. now I need to know more about this. Tell me the details of how this works because a lot of gyms, like I never sold anything more than six months ever. How does this work for you? How do you bill it? Like the whole structure? Uh, just, just as it sounds like those rates that I gave you earlier, those are our annual rates. So, okay. Hey, you come in, we do your strategy session. You're looking for this goal. Um, we don't have a fancy sheet. It's literally a white sheet that says one session per week, two sessions per week, three sessions per week. And, and we're prescriptive. Like, and it comes down to, um, the analogy that I use, and again, we have, we do have a high, um, average revenue, but like it, it, it really comes down to sincerely only selling someone something that you think that they need. If someone came to me and was like, Hey, Brian, I've been doing, um, you know, we're not a CrossFit affiliate, but like, I'll just use that as an, I've been doing CrossFit for 10 years. Uh, I really enjoy just having a program to follow with a little guidance. Um, I'm pretty good at, you know, I, I feel like I've been doing this for a while. And I can see that because I did their valuation. Like, don't recommend three times a week for that person. Like, well, I think you should really get started with three times a week. I'll say, listen, you know, you're crushing it. Uh, I think the biggest value that I can offer you is my programming. Um, so the, our, our lowest entry point for that is one time a week with a coach. Um, so that's what I would recommend for you. If you feel like you need more, more than welcome to. But I, I think the biggest value add for you is going to be um, in, in the programming. Uh, so what I would recommend for you is it's, it's once a week with a coach, it's two ninety nine. it's on an annual agreement. You know, all I need to know is when you'd like to get started, you know, and then the, 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 build, build monthly. Correct. Yep. Build monthly. So whatever, like, so let's say you came in for your evaluation on the first, um, we would collect the first billing that day and then your, the, all your other billing dates coincide with your first session, right? Cause let's say someone joins on, they come in and join on Thursday. They want to get started on Monday. Uh, we would do the first billing on Thursday to collect payment. And then all the other billings would be on whatever that date was uh, that they do their first session. So how do you avoid, because we've heard about gyms that will sell annual stuff and then they just, you know, clients just vanish and they disappear and don't pay. How do you make sure that that annual client stays and keeps paying and then re-ups? What's the plan? So a lot of it is, is done in the first month. So I don't remember, I don't remember if it was Strava or Nike but they did a study when they were using their app that, um, and they have a lot more data than we have, um, that if users got to, I think it was like, it was well the number that we use is eight. If they did eight runs in 30 days, that person used the app like 100 X times longer than the person that didn't get eight ones. So we're trying to book that person's first eight workouts that day when they sit down. Now it's not always feasible with everybody, but after I do the strategy session, they'll go to Lauren, who's kind of our customer service manager uh, at the gym, and she'll work on that with their schedule. All right, we want to try to get your first eight appointments in the first 30 days set up. And that's doesn't matter whether you're doing one session with a coach or three sessions with a coach. If they signed up for three times a week training, it's relatively easy, right? They're going to book three points. Right. But what you don't want to do is right? what's that? This is habit forming. Yes. Yeah. And we're just trying to get them, hey, let's get you on a recurring schedule. You can always change it right? 
but what are two days a week that you know that you can bank at what time you can train? And then we're going to start from there because if you do two times a week for four weeks, that's eight visits. And it's her job to monitor if, if we use mind, mind body as our, 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 uh, CLM type stuff, you can run a report if someone hasn't checked in, in the last X number of days. So she runs that report almost every day. If someone hasn't checked in within the last three days, then she's going to send a quick little text, a reminder, uh, through Jim Lee machine and say like, Hey, Hey Mike, I noticed you haven't been in yet this week and I don't see an appointment on the schedule. When can we get in? So it's, you can't, the, the easy tendency would be like, well, Mike signed up for a year, so don't have to worry about him. And it's like, yeah. And you know, that from, from a lot of things I've, I've seen it, like people are making that, that buying decision on whether they're going to renew there or not within their like first, first 30 days of being at the gym. Right. Like, and you can usually get a pretty good vibe. Like we just keep at the gym, like a plus minus total. Like rather than rather than getting it, I mean, we track number of leads, all the things too. But in general, we're looking at plus minus every month. Like so, meaning if two people quit, did we get ten people that joined? Or that's plus eight. And as long as we're hanging positive numbers, we know in general things are going in the in the right direction. And for the most part, in this system, we can almost with in crazy accuracy look ahead and say. Yeah, I don't think Mike's coming back. He, we, even though we've tried, we haven't been able to get him in. Um, and then look at the other ones and be like, no, I'm pretty sure that they're all renewing. You know, and uh, and so it's really important that you have someone whose job it is. It can't be the coach's job, right? Because if if I'm one coach and I work six hours a day, let's just say, and my schedule's full, I have 24 clients just that one day, right? And now I'm back tomorrow, and I'm assuming it's different clients because it's it's two days in a row. So now I'm at 48, you know, like it's, it's hard for them to manage. Um, so having a separate person do that has been awesome because they can block out an hour of their day and basically get to everybody. Right. Cause all 150 members aren't going to be on that report. If they're cranking along, then we're, we're good to go. Uh, if they're not, then she's going to get, that's going to come up on that report for her. And it's her job to kind of follow up and try to get them in. So I'm, I could have just rang the gong like five times again for the systems that you just laid out. But what you've got, just for, you know, to bullet point this for listeners, is you have an intake system <clears throat> and a client journey in which you know that the better job you do in the first eight sessions, or call it a month, whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it, the better job you do there, the longer people are going to stay. And I've heard this time and again from successful gym owners. The better your onboarding process is, the longer, the more intense, not intense is the wrong word, but the more involved, the more touch points, the better the relationship that you build early, it almost always equals better retention and higher average revenue per member. That's something we hear relentlessly from gym owners who have great revenue. So guys, if your onboarding system is like, I signed up for a year and see you later, that is a bad plan. You're, you need to work to get, create a relationship, habit forming with these people. If you do that, it's very likely they're going to keep going. And then you've got the retention backup of or during the other 11 months, great personalized programming with updated programs. I'm guessing you've got goal reviews built in there as well. Am I right? Yeah, we'll usually do that like the session before they're due a new program. There yeah. you go. So you've got, they're happening all the time because you're doing personalized programming. You have to know what the results is over there. So you've got that built into the plan. All of this guys is a retention system that will keep people happy on a year long plan and then have them re up without even thinking about it, which is great. And the thing that I love is you're scheduling their first session. So like trying to give everyone that first experience that is exactly the same. 
not in not the same workouts, obviously, but the same thing. We're going to get you laid out for eight sessions because we know that's going to get you on track. If you just said, okay, well, you know, book your first on-ramp session. And this is what I did back on the day. We'll book your second session after the first session. What happens? All of a sudden that on-ramp that could have taken, you know, five, seven days, whatever you want to call it, is now a month later. This person hasn't built a habit, isn't getting any results. I'm like, hey, you want to buy a membership? Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. Or, or so you, it's like if your next touch, if your next touch point, because if you think about it too, like with a month to month, yeah, it'll continue on. But at that point, you're asking, you're, you need, you know, just from a percentage standpoint, every month you have to ask for money again. Every single month, it's asking, it's asking, it's asking. And I can see the flip side of it because then it's going to make sure that you're on top of your, your game, right? Like you, you can't, I, I can't take away that aspect of it, right? If someone was only buying X amount of sessions for me and I had to, it would, it would in sense in one way, make sure that you were performing at a high level. Cause you know, like, Hey, they're going to re up again. So, but it, that doesn't outweigh the, the benefits of the system and for the business of doing it the other way. It's just on you for not letting that part like kick in and be like, ah, Mike's good. <laughs> now I'm, I could eat your entire day with this podcast, but I'm going to ask you the sort of the final summary, big question here. Uh, where do you find these people? So you have great clients who are willing to sign up at high rates for a year. How do you find these people? Do you spend a ton of money on marketing or where do they come from? We, we used to, um, so our gym in Colts neck was open pre COVID. So in 2015 and then took a hit through COVID obviously. And we, uh, back to get to that number, we were spending a, there was a time where we would spend a hundred dollars a day on Facebook ads and it's great for lead development. It, it's not necessarily great at, um, and I'm, as I'm sure there's people that are infinitely better than what I was doing at it. This is just our experience with it. If it wasn't great at getting qualified leads into the door, uh, you got a lot of people because I can't, I can't pitch you. Um, on a year's membership and hang a price tag of, we'll try us for $79 for 21 days. It's too much of a disconnect. I'm going to come in for the $79 trial and then you hit me with $400 a, a month as my bill. Why, why did I do this? Right. Uh, you know, like, and, and maybe some of those people can fit into a group program, but, but it depends because we would always try to bring our best service to those programs and it would include some my private training. And then it was like, yeah. And that's, you know, $400, $500 a month, you know, and it like, so it would be a disconnect and the, the time, the effort, the strain on the, the, our team on servicing, getting, when you get 30 new people that are starting and go through that process that I just started, it's not just like, well, these are Facebook leads. We won't do that process with them. Like we had to do that 30 new programs and then don't forget about all your other members. Like we just found that when we were looking at the plus or minuses, it never really, and maybe it says something about how we operate as well. But for our system, it was much better to focus on doing a really good job um, with the people that are here, um, earning referrals, um, and letting people who are who are already kind of being referred to us come to us. Our our marketing budget right now in Rumson is zero. Not a since we opened, uh, haven't spent a dollar. Now we've done like community events and like had banners. That like, but so I don't want to say it's, yeah. but on in terms of like a, a, a direct, like, Hey, we're going to do this direct piece in this, in this magazine or on Facebook or on Instagram, we've done zero. We've done our own posting on Instagram. Now the caveat is that it's a, it's a small town. It's a very affluent town. And 
we are right on the main street in town that every single person walks down every day. The high school is right behind us. So all the kids that walk by go there and then they train with us when school is done. So it, it's a, I'm not going to say that if you have a warehouse facility uh, off the beaten path and you're paying rent, that's, a, a, you know, fair for that location. Well, then maybe you need to redirect dollars into some other average because how are people going to find you? But um, for us being in that location has done very, very well. And then um, we, you know, because we've been able to focus on that, We've done a great job uh, with referrals, with people just you know bringing their family members, bringing a friend, um, and things like that. That's really been the core. And the good thing is that when you get referrals that way, they stay longer, right? So when we look at our, uh, we call it like lifetime client value, but in two brain it would be like the leg. Um, it, we're, we're, long-term value, lifetime value, right? So we, LTV, yeah, you yeah. Know, so take that four hundred, right? And that was for one month. That yeah, I, I think that we hope that that continues, but it wasn't always that way. But the one thing that's always been pretty consistent is that we keep people for three and a half years on average, right? Because they're 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 signing up for an annual membership. Once they renew, if they renew that second one, I'd actually have to find a way to tease out that statistic. Like if they renew one year it's probably similar to like the Strava data. Like if you can make it one year and you renew the odds that they're going to just cancel in year three is very slim. We have some members that have been with us since we opened in 2015. Um, and which is great. And and they're doing semi-private training. It's not, it's not like they're just at our lowest point. Listeners, affinity marketing. That is what Brian is talking about here. That is using your current clients to find more people just like them. If you want to get a guide on that, go to twobrainbusiness.com. Click on free tools. You will find that guide in there. It is life-changing and gym-changing. Uh, I want to know, just the last thing I'll ask you, a VIP card. I've heard something about this thing. It sounds super cool. What is it? That, that's why I'm looking around. Give me one second. I'm grab one. Just like yeah, say, okay. Yeah, 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 grab one. This is while Brian grabs that. Just know that you can, with a system, you can find members who are connected to your current members Ooh, now that does not look like a flimsy thing. Correct. It's like a, it's a, it's like a credit card, uh, thickness. Looks, so, looks like my visa checks. Mine's not black. <laughs> yeah. And, and it, and it's, that, that's intentional, right? If I have a flimsy, like, Hey, you know, if you know anybody like just here, take it. Like it has mm, to be, whatever. it has to be like, Hey, listen, when anybody ever gets started, we give them one of, uh, is if there's anybody that, you know, in your family or friend that you think would like to be doing this with you. Um, just let me know. I'll assign their name to this. It's for 30 days, um, at our, our twice a week, semi-private membership, um, as your guest. Right. Whoa. And we so you can just tag along, just tag along. Yeah. There's no, it's wow. legit. No, no cost. And you know, when we first started doing it, my hesitation was like, well, my friend gets to do it for free. Like, well, I just paid you. Like my friend gets to do it for free, but no one, honestly, like it, they get it. It's a gift they, they, you know, they know that like, Hey, we're trying to grow our business. Like, and you just be transparent about it. Like we'd love to have more people just like you. And we found that the best way to get more people like you is to have you invite people that you would enjoy working out with. Um, but it has to be, it can't just be like, so whoever you want, like, just give this to them whenever. And like, do you have anybody in mind? Uh, not right now. Okay. Well, when you do have somebody in mind, I'm going to keep this in your file. Let me know. I will give it to you then. Because if I just give it to you, then they know it's useless. I know it's useless. It's just some made up card, right? I didn't assign any value to it, but like that strip, like it doesn't do anything. It's just, it doesn't, you know, it's just on there. Right. But it, it, what that strip does is it conveys value. Like, Hey, 
All right, Mike. Uh, uh, oh yeah, my my wife. Uh, my this would be great for my wife. Great. What's your wife's name? Lisa. All right, perfect. I'm gonna have this assigned to Lisa, and then I just make a note. Give I give it to you. Just have her bring this back, and then hey, Mike, just do me a favor since we have limited these. If she's not gonna use it, totally no no pressure. Don't worry about. It. Just bring it back to me so that I that I have it and I can assign it to someone else. All right. This way, it's not just like this. Well, we just hand these out and like you know. It, they just go all over the place and you can get one whenever you want, like, which you can, right. If someone was like, I actually need five of them. And yeah, you know, I would, I would do it. Right. Because the cost of this is, you know, whatever we charge for a semi-private session um, times, however many sessions that they do. Right. The, the acquisition cost for that of running a hundred dollars of Facebook ads a day is always going to be more than that. And then I have to deal with all the other stuff of uh, a lot of like, you know, people who are just there to try it out or what they, they, all they do is go from gym to gym to gym and try the 21 day thing. It's a, it's a slower, uh, it's a slower burn, but much, much, much less churn, right? What we would find is like, oh, great. We had 15 people sign up that month, but then, you know, our, our retention numbers would be lower. And it's like, guys, we're still just getting back to like hanging a plus three every month. So it's just easier to do it this way, right? Like, you know, if you, if you do, you know, so if you did plus five every single month, like net, not just add five members, but five quit, like that's, it's slow, it's slower, but if they're also staying at that rate and you're always hanging a plus, and that's why the plus minus system works really well for us because it doesn't let us forget that like, Hey, we got to take care of our, right. Our, our ongoing members too. Right. And I like, cause on the boards right in front of me. So like, if I just look at the first, however many months, it's like plus three, plus three, plus two, plus six, plus two, nothing like crazy, but when that's 300, $400 a month, you know what I mean? Um, it's, it's, it's worked for us anyway, I should say. Yeah. Retention and acquisition of high value members over time. If you do it slowly and steadily and you're always in the pluses, you're going to win. And I'm using the hockey analogy here, but you're gonna win the Stanley cup with that one. That's, uh, that, once we switched to that and it became, it became what everybody was able to focus on rather than like, well, we got to get 30 leads and out of those 30 leads, we got to have this many, like, and, and we still keep an eye on that, but we know at the end of the day, our report card is, is that. Wow. So what you've got is this high value, like physical object that feels cool. Like it's not just like a coupon that you can kind of tear out and stuff in your wallet and then forget about it when you're cleaning it out. This, you would actually have to physically like make some effort to get rid of this thing because it's like a credit card. Like no one throws these mm -hmm. things away. Right. So it's like, Correct. I remember, yeah. So that's the first thing. The second thing is that this thing has huge value attached to it. Like, let's be real. This is a huge value that you could give away to someone if that person shows up. The third thing is that you're using this only with people who are already attached to your business. Like they come in, they see your value and you're asking them for someone just like them. So this is like affinity marketing, like supercharged, you know, where you're giving them, you're basically screening out clients you don't want, mm -hmm. finding people that are highly likely, like the hottest leads you could find, like mm -hmm. spouses of current members, kids and family and so forth. And you're finding these people and bring them into your business. Let me ask you this as a final thing. Sure. How, what is your process for then closing these people? Like when you've given someone one of these cards, how do you then get them to sign up when the card expires? Uh, well, we, we still do that same, like, so whether you came in with this or you came in from a, um, a, another source, the process is all the same. So we still go through that goal setting period. We still go through all that. We've had people just come in and sign up and just use it. Like, and they just, they just all right, use this for their first month and they just do it. Right. That's not the, that's not always the case, but a lot of times like 
we just we just do it in that second session and when whenever their next goal review is right so whenever they were going to get followed up with because that that's the point i was going to add the other great time to hand these out is when someone has just an awesome goal review so you know you you know let's say it was a, a fat loss client they come in they do their in body they're down x amount of percentage body fat they're just like ecstatic i've never been able to do this you guys are great perfect cool here you know while you're while you're having at it and you're you're ready to sing our praises, uh, you know if there's anybody else that you know that struggled like you have and and hasn't been able to make it work, you know I'd, I'd like you to be able to give this to them uh, so they can get started. And those people, do they almost invariably sign up? Like, do you have a do you have a yep. statistic by they, any chance? Um, I don't have one on that specific one, but they're they're lumped into all of our other closing uh, rate percentages, and it hasn't it hasn't been negative. Like I would say it's. Whatever our closing rate is for other leads, it's the same, if not higher. Yeah. So basically what you're saying is that this card works and it does bring in high value clients for you almost invariably. Yeah, because it, it's such a you're it's such a strong filter that if people get through that filter, they probably want to be there. Right? Like you know, if someone gives this to you, you know it's a month, right? You know it's personalized, you know it's whatever. The person referred you knows what we cost, right? Like they know what the investment is with the train with us. So they're not going to be like, oh yeah, I'm going to give this to my friend who like, uh, you know, he's really down hard on his luck right now. And, uh, but I think it'd be great if you worked with you guys. Like, you know, like that's never happened. Like, you know, it's always, you know, they, it's the people that hang around with each other. Right. So um, it's, it, it's worked well for us. Um, I think I, I wouldn't see why it wouldn't work well for others, but those little things that we touched on, it's how you do it, right? If you just leave a pile of them up at the front and it's like, hey guys, we started using these VIP cards and there's a bucket of them up there, right? Like th- th- that's not the same. There's no bucket of VIP cards. It feels like a VIP card, right? right? Exactly. Yeah. Like exactly what you're saying. This this is like a prized thing. It's a mm-hmm. gift. It's got huge value. And there's a little bit of risk on your part, obviously, but sure. you've got the systems in place to back that up and it works for you. Uh, Guys, this is really, if you read the affinity marketing guide that Dubrain has put out, out, you will see where Brian's tactic fits in there, right? You are using your current amazing clients to find people that are right close to them. And you're not going to have to like sort through 500 Facebook leads. You're going to talk to someone who is hugely inclined to sign up. Check that guide out. I can't emphasize that enough. Brian, I'm not going to ask you any more questions about this. That is a ton of info. And I think people are probably going to be pretty shocked by it. If I wish I had spoken to you maybe 10 years ago when I was setting my gym up and I think I would have, uh, well, I would have a, a black visa right now. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much for sorting all of that out for us. And uh, I really want to probably have you back, I think, to talk some more about this. Would you be interested in that? My pleasure. Whenever, whenever you need it. Yeah. Thank you so much. That was Brian Bott on Two Brain Radio. Thanks for listening. Please hit subscribe on the way out wherever you're watching or listening. Now, here's Chris Cooper with a final message. Hey, it's Two Brain founder Chris Cooper with a quick note. The Gym Owners United Facebook group has more than 5,600 members and it's growing daily. If you aren't benefiting from the free tips and tactics and resources that I post daily in that group, what are you waiting for? Get in there and grow your business. That's Gym Owners United on Facebook or www.gymownersunited.com. Join today. 